Why are Christians so superstitious? If you mention a Ouija board, people get all up in arms. Pentagrams? That must be of the devil. Pagan practices? Those are for sure against God. You can't possibly use essential oils or herbs. I mean, heck, even pharmacology was viewed as witchcraft at one point. This week, we're talking about all those things that get Christians up in arms. We're talking about the mindset and how the idea and the thought behind your actions is what drives whether something is or is not of God. We talk about why people get so up in arms over silly things and how superstition is the enemy of faith. Let's get right to it on part three of this Halloween series. We are for the spiritual nomads, the outcasts, and the ones who desire to ask the hard questions. A shelter in the desert, a safe place to share our thoughts, our hopes, and our dreams. We are pursuing the truth, and we don't care about the consequences. We invite you to come and sit at our table and be a part of our tribe. We are brave. We are bold. We are the Reckless Pursuit. Hey everyone, welcome to The Reckless Pursuit. My name is Cody. And my name is Elaine. And this is episode 87, and this is part three of our October Halloween special. Oh man, so we have been busting our butt, just to give you all like some completely unnecessary backstory on our lives. We host this huge Halloween party uh, every single year. So if you're ever in town, shoot us a message because you should uh, definitely come hang out with us sometime or sometime in October every yeah. year. Kind of we like try mid. to outdo ourselves every year. And At least that's my goal. <laughs> yeah, we're definitely doing that this year. It is late. We are tired, but we know we have got to get you guys something. So we're just going to uh, share a little bit about something I talked about on my podcast, and we're just going to see where it goes. I have a little bit in my mind. I'm sure Elaine... May have a little bit in her mind, too. We'll see what happens. But I, I definitely have some stuff that uh, that I want to share. So we're going to be talking about superstition. We're going to be talking about Ouija boards. Fun. We're going to be talking about a video we posted to TikTok. Oh, wow. And uh, we're going to be talking about a little bit of everything. But before we get into that, a few things real quick. Please do not fast forward through these because these are vitally important. And the first one is please go over there and click that rate button leave an honest review guys you do not know how amazing uh that is and how much it helps people passing by to know what our show is about from someone else other than just elaine mm -hmm. and i so we greatly appreciate all of those reviews and also if you want to keep the conversation going we invite you to join nomads it is our facebook community group you can find Nomads, a safe community to ask unsafe questions in the show notes below. And finally, if you enjoy this show, share it on with a friend. That is the best way to keep the conversation going. But we're going to get right into this episode talking about all things uh, spooky, talking about a little bit of what I was talking about on my show, Itinerant, last week and talking about superstition, Ouija boards, and all that fun stuff. Here it comes. Ah! 
During the reign of Saul, there was a war that was about to take place. The Philistines were gathering an army to fight against Israel. Saul gathered all of his people together to face the army that approached their land. But when he saw their numbers, a fear began to grow within him. Saul called out to the Lord to intervene, to give him a sign through his dreams, but nothing came. So Saul resorted to the Urim and Tummim, those white and black stones we talked about in a previous episode. But God still did not provide the answer he sought. He then called on the prophets to assemble in his courts to decree the outcome of the war at hand, but every prophet drew a blank. Saul only had one option left. There was a woman who had contact with the great prophet Samuel. Saul knew Samuel had favor with God and that he would be able to provide the answers he so desperately needed. So he adorned a disguise and made the journey to a small Canaanite village in the valley of Jezreel. He sought out the woman, and when he found her, he begged her to get in touch with Samuel on his behalf to provide him some answers. So the woman went and woke Samuel and brought him before Saul. Samuel asked Saul, why have you disturbed me? And Saul fell on his face and proclaimed the troubling news about the Philistine army sitting at their doorstep and the war to come. Then Samuel delivered some not so great news. Has the Lord not turned away from you and became your enemy? Samuel asked. Today the Lord has torn the kingdom out of your hand and given it to your neighbor David. Samuel continued, The Lord will give Israel into the hands of the Philistines, and tomorrow you and your sons shall join me. Saul fell face first into the ground paralyzed with fear. Not only was his nation about to be torn from his grasp, but he was told he was about to join Samuel in his resting place. Which may not sound too frightening until you realize who this woman Saul came to see was. She was known as the Witch of Endor, a conjurer of spirits, a medium, if you will. Which is why she was the only one who could access Samuel, because he was dead. So what you just heard was a clip from my show, Itinerant Biblical History Beyond the Bible. And uh, just a quick thing, if you think that is something you would like to hear, if it sounds interesting to you, you can find it wherever you're listening to this podcast right now. It's there also. So if that's our website, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you're listening, it's available too. And I really just kind of wanted to just kind of shoot the breeze a bit with you, Elaine. And let's talk a little bit about uh, just people's perceptions of what witchcraft is and what the occult is and why are people so afraid of witchcraft? We know in the Bible where it says like, oh, don't, you know, conjure up devils, don't conjure up spirits and everything. But why do we just like kind of pigeonhole this topic as like, why do Christians label things as witchcraft just because it's outside of their realm of understanding? Well, it's very interesting that you asked that because today, whenever I was looking at trivia questions for our party, I actually was looking up like different things about witchcraft, Halloween, all of the lore behind that. I was looking at May Day and Maypoles and all of that stuff. And one of the things that I learned was that Wicca actually just means wisdom. Like that's what that literal word means. And I was just like, okay. And then it said like, 
what is a hallow. It was a spiritual person and everything. So I know like a lot of people, a lot of Christians um, think that you can't celebrate Halloween because of it's the devil's holiday or um, it's a bunch of, you know, witchcraft or like just the history of Halloween and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And so I think maybe if because Wicca means wisdom and then like in Genesis where Eve ate the fruit because she wanted to have wisdom and be like God, but then it was like the fall of humanity and all this stuff. I think that's some of what it ties into is just the, if you celebrate Halloween or you are interested in any of it, or if you have a Ouija board, like you're automatically allowing demons and dark spirits into your life. And I just think, though I do believe there is truth to some of it, a lot of it is just like we're afraid for no reason. Well, and there's a lot of different types of like air quotes here on magic. And something I kind of go into in that episode is like, what is magic, right? What does it mean to be a wizard or a witch? Well, a witch is a practitioner of magic, right? Well, what is magic? Like, well, okay, so just because you practice magic, what does that mean? Magic is literally anything that is out of the natural or supernatural, most everything from miracles, you know, if you start going through the Bible and you start looking at all of the instances where God fearing, like the patriarchs of the Old Testament, all this were average practitioners of a lot of this kind of stuff. And some church uh, church circles are more, you know, kind of like afraid of these things. Some are more open. You know, there was this whole big thing whenever yoga started coming on the scene, which is like, oh, it's demon. You know, it's it's worshiping the sun, blah, blah, blah. You've heard it, Elaine. You were Well, that and even just the whole vision casting and vision boards and stuff like that. Well, yeah, like the whole word vision, right? It's like, oh, well, I, I literally heard someone uh, talking about vision boards say like it's sinful to create a vision board because you don't know what your next day holds. So why would you try to plan for it? And I'm like, do you have a 401k? Do you have a savings account? Do you plan to pay your bills? Like, what does that even mean? Like, all a vision board is is, like, goals and dreams you want to achieve. Like, it doesn't have, like, what's spooky about that? Well, because I know that the argument was made, like, oh, you're, like, setting idols before you. You're actually, like, if you start your day and you're, like, manifesting things into your life and saying, I want to have this or I want to be this or this is my life. You're actually like worshiping the picture of Beyonce on your vision board or something. Right. Like, I I just, I don't understand that though, because it's like, well, why would, I mean, that's like, oh, did God not have a plan after man's fall? Like we start going into this, like, does God have a plan? Oh, like, you know, like, why is it such a sin to plan? Oh, well, you're not trusting in God if he closed the lilies of the field. And I'm like, okay, that's not, that's out of context, which is a whole other conversation of people taking scripture out of context, which kind of ties into this too, because, you know, I want to just kind of drop a few things real quick. And I don't want to spoil everything. I really want you to go check that episode out if you, if this kind of stuff interests you, because that's, I, I say a lot there, but like, You know, some of our favorite Bible characters came from using magical roots, literally roots from a plant. And uh, just to say one in particular here that's really interesting, Moses, you know, uh, Moses was raised in Egypt. He was second to Pharaoh, right? He was literally taught the arts and secrets from his birth, all of the mysteries of Egypt. Whenever it says that Moses cast down his rod and turned it into a snake, what did it say happened? 
Well, the Egyptian court officials, the the magicians of Egypt, literally did the same thing. Sure, his snake was more powerful. It ate the other ones. That's all fine and dandy and cool and sweet and whatever. And it makes the story like, ooh, Bible, yay. Like, it's all Jesus-y now. Moses was practicing magic. All of the plagues. If you look at, and this is a whole other one. If you go and look at the blood over the doorpost, that's taken from a pagan rite uh, from a festival way before the Egyptian uh, captivity of Israel. We can get into the whole thing about, like, there's no archaeological evidence to even prove that Egypt ever even captured Israel. But that's a whole other thing. Like, we get these weird superstitions where we're like, oh, uh, because it's worded this way, that makes it bad. You know, witchcraft is bad, but witchcraft is pa- practicing magic. But Moses and Jacob and Joseph and Abraham and... Uh, Isaac, and you can keep going throughout all of them that practice this, so you know, quote unquote magic. You start looking at like the story of Israel getting bitten by the snakes, and what did what did they do? They made a brazen snake to look at, right? Like it was a totem. Like we have these little totems. Like you can see it even today in Christianity, which this is, you know, like we have our our anointing oils, we have our cross necklaces that's supposed to bring us, you know, our little angel coins. We use these totems as remembrance, and so much of our faith bleeds over into other faiths, and I think we forget that the Israelites were people who were, really, they were nomads for a long time, and they picked up on a lot of different cultures. They had a lot of different cultures bleeding into them, and Christianity has that, and if you look at like one sect of Christianity, they're over here saying, Oh, if you do anything with herbs, that's against the Bible because herbology or whatever, I can't remember the exact, I said in the episode, but like there's an official name for it, right? And it's like, that's against God. Then you have this other church over here like selling essential oils and it's completely okay. And like, so this church views that church as doing witchcraft. Now this church over here selling oils looks to this other church who burns incense. It's like, oh, they're uh, definitely in witchcraft. And then this church over here uses incense and they're looking over at someone else like, why are you judging us for this? It's all this weird perspective and it really comes down to the intent, right? It's the intent of the heart. It's like, why are you doing what you do? Sure, you can conjure up and do seances and what have you to bring darkness into your life just as much you can do those things. I mean, if you look at a prayer circle, okay, let's just be real for a second. You look at a Bible study prayer circle, everyone holding hands, chanting something in a circle. Then you go and watch someone sit around a pentagram and hold hands and chant something in a circle. It's the same method. All of these rituals, all of these things are the same methods. And that kind of goes back to the thing that I always say of like, you know, every type of religion is tapping into some stream of God. It may not be the, the fullness of God, but there is a tapping into of God, right? And so you have these people who are so scared of what they do, but they don't realize that the very practices they do look the same way. And I've shared this before, but like I had a friend who was agnostic and he's like, I can't take communion. I can't do communion. Like that just creeps me out. I'm like, well, what creeps you out about communion? He's like blood magic. That's just like, that's the darkest form of magic. I can't get, I can't get it behind blood magic. And I'm just like, oh man, that's, that's intense. You know, like there's just, there's this weird stigma we put on our rituals because they're different. And we're like, oh, well, God says not to do those things. But those are the very things God actually says to do. All difference, the entire difference is the intent behind it. 
But I know last year, whenever um, we were talking about Halloween and and can Christians celebrate, I, I think we even had an episode specifically about like Ouija board and stuff like that. But back to the whole superstition thing and our TikTok video oh, yeah. that this got a fun. lot of people <laughs> up lot. in arms. Um, you know, so I highly encourage you to go watch that video. Uh, can you put that in the show notes? Can you uh, put our TikTok? I can video? link to it. People, if you're not on TikTok following us, guys, we're 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 uh, we're doing stuff <laughs> yeah, over at TikTok. TikTok's probably pursuit, like one of our yes. probably our most uh, active social media mm-hmm. right now. We post like every single yeah. day, pretty much. But funny videos <laughs> and everything else. So to give context for our video, so I'm not going to spoil it, but. Um, I, we went into our local Halloween store and there was a Ouija board placemat. Yeah. Like what not you put your t- your a board on. game, but just a placemat and with the numbers and the letters and everything. And it was a video on TikTok and it was like answering questions or whatever. And about so, Halloween. Yeah, about Halloween. Yeah. And it was a stupid video. You know, it was just something that we did like I don't know, five minutes or less. And we're like, okay, we're in the store. What all videos can we make for, you know, our TikTok and, and Christians and Halloween stuff? And so we waited a couple weeks before we posted it or edited it. And then once you posted it on TikTok, it got a lot of heat. Yeah, it got a lot of heat. Um, a lot of people were like freaking out, like, no, you can't be a Christian and celebrate Halloween. That's of the devil. Then you have one camp over here, like, it's okay to celebrate. Just don't dress up as anything scary. Mm-hmm. And then you have the other, other camp that's like, yeah, th- like, there's nothing wrong with Halloween. Why are people so freaking out? And then you have the other group over here. They're like, why are you even holding that demonic piece of cardboard, you know? Yeah. Like, what is wrong with you? And like, okay, context here, too. Just kind of give, like, we don't own a Ouija, a Ouija, a Ouija, Ouija board. We don't Ouija own a Ouija board. We don't own a Luigi board in, in this house. And, uh, like, the reason for that, mostly because I don't really feel like spending the money on it. Yeah. Like, I don't care. Like, you can draw on a piece of paper and get a marble and do the same thing. That I'm not trying to summon dead spirits or talk to people who have gone beyond. I'm also but. not, like, if I'm going to do um, kinesiology, which is, okay, so a little bit of uh, science for you. So kinesiology or muscle testing is basically micromotor, the study of the micromotor movements in the body. And this is deemed insanely as witchcraft in so many Christian circles. For the life of me, I do not know why. It is a major you can take in a college, real colleges, not in like occult colleges, none of that creepy stuff. It's a real thing people use to understand uh, people's suppressed emotions. For instance, there's a little pendulum on a string. Most people view this as like charting spirits and all this kind of stuff. Literally, you can ask yourself a question out loud. Do I want this or do I feel this way? And it will swing one way for yes and one way for no. You have to learn what it is for you, but it's literally the micromotor skills. Your body reacts naturally. Just like whenever there's tragedy, you tremble and shake, or when you're happy, you get excited, you shake, you move the body's full of movement, like motor skills. That's just part of it. It's deemed as witchcraft in so many Christian circles, which is complete bull because it's literally just the movement of your muscles, micro movements. Anyway, the planchette on a Ouija board, it, the scientific reason it moves is because your micro motor movements push it in the direction 
you want it to go. Mm. Am I saying you can't summon things? I don't know if you can. I don't know what you can do with a Ouija board. I've never I'm sure. summoned, but I also have never tried because I didn't desire to. But, but like, here's the other thing about that. If you start looking through uh, all the different ways of talking or uh, divination, right? Practices of divination, practices of of necromancy or any kind of mancy practices, speaking with the dead, anything like that. There's a lot of different ways to do that, okay? The Bible talks about how it's um, it's against God to read the clouds. It's again, like, I mean, it goes into all these different ways. Like, there's so many different variations to that. Basically, what it's saying is put your trust in God. Don't try to summon the dead, which is fine and dandy. Like, I mean, we saw how that happened with King Saul, and obviously, like, he got the answer he didn't want. Sometimes made them dead folk got more knowledge that we don't, we probably don't even want to know. But the truth is, like, the reason we don't own one is because we don't have a reason to own one, but it's not out of fear. And that's the thing I want to get into here is these people were freaking out online. Over like, a place. You're touching that. You're opening doors. I'm like, okay, so the alphabet and the numbers, like, automatically means it's a demonic. Right. Like, like guys, items only have the ability and the value you place in them, right? Like, you can't have something that is, like, even if some group of, like, dark magic, you know, left-handed magic, if you don't know what that is, Google it, practitioners get involved and, like, curse this item, you know? As a Christian, like, why would I be scared? Like, I'd pick it up and lick it. Like, why do I care? Like... I wouldn't lick it if it's sitting in a Halloween store. I don't know how many other people have touched that, but that's a whole different thing. But, like, what is it? Like, you get what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, it's not going to do anything. Like, that curse is void. It is null. I serve a power that is greater than any curse. I do not give room to that. It has no place. Just like a Ouija board. I could gladly grab it. I could push the little planchette around the board. I'm not scared of it. It's just a piece of cardboard. It only has the power that a person gives it, why would I be scared of it? Like, that, that's silly to me. And that's that kind of goes in the whole superstition thing, right? Christians get up in arms about some stuff. We can get so up in arms. And I just want to, like, encourage everyone here. You serve a God bigger than that. And I think we need to remember that. Like, if you are truly serving a God who you believe is the one true God, the creator of the heavens, the earth, and the very spiritual practice that you are trying to avoid, the very thing that you are trying to avoid, if he created it all, that means he had to create that part of it too, then why live in fear of it? Now, if you don't want to own a Ouija board, that's fine. You don't have to own a Ouija board. Like, that's whatever. If you don't want to own essential oils or practice yoga or burn sage or whatever it is or sit around a campfire or if you don't want to celebrate Halloween, all those are personal convictions and that's fine and dandy. You can have your personal intent and the purpose of what you're doing it for. But if someone like wants to burn sage and they feel closer to God that way, that's not against God. Like we, they burned incense and they burned herbs in the temple to purify the temple. They just released a scientific study like, like not very long ago. I've been seeing it fly around the, uh, online the burning sage actually kills 94% of airborne bacteria in a home. This is the same thing. We've been doing this since the beginning of time for a reason. We knew that it created a positive energy. Now science has proven it literally kills toxins that want to harm us. Like and Even if like the whole purification process isn't necessarily weeding out like bad spirit spirits, 
but it's weeding out bad bacteria, I'm still for that. <laughs> like right, I'm yeah, like, like, okay, whatever negative energy, whether it's bacteria or spirits, like, okay, I will burn sage <laughs> everywhere. That's another one. Whenever when someone says they're sending good vibes or yeah. something, that can get on like Christians' nerves. Like, I don't want your vibes. I want prayer. I used to, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like people get so upset about that. It's funny though, because I used to be back and forth. Now I'm okay. I'm like, send me all the good vibes. But like originally I was in high school and the thing would be like, I'm sick or pray for me. I have to take a test. Send me all the good vibes and all the positive energy. And then I remember a couple people that I was talking with that had that same thing. They were like, well, I don't want good vibes. I don't want positive energy. What are you doing? Just like trying to think positive thoughts. Like how is that gonna like come to me? Like I only... I'm open to prayer. I'm only open to good things or whatever. And so then I was like, okay, yeah, like that's totally stupid. Positive energy, positive vibes. You can't just think something positive for somebody else. And so I was like, okay, only pray for me. And like, I didn't make like Facebook status or openly tell people, hey, don't send me good vibes or whatever. But I did start changing my language of, hey, pray for me or whatever. But that was all I said. And now I'm like, hey, if it's positive, send it to me. Good bacteria, <laughs> good spirits, good vibes, like any of it, like I am open. And I've all also had to challenge myself because I used to, whenever I was on the fence about it and was only saying that I was taking in prayer, I used to like, I don't know. I used to hear things or see things on, on uh, Facebook or on TV or whatever, where people from other faiths and other religions would feel offended or people atheists even would feel offended if someone said, hey, I'm going to pray for you or can I pray for you? And I would always think, well, that's stupid. They're trying to send you good energy or good vibes or whatever like don't you want the goodness of God over your life and then I kind of was like well duh Elaine that's the same way if somebody of another faith or religion came up to me and told me that they were praying to whatever God they were worshiping or that they were giving me good energy from nature or whatever it is would I be open to that well yeah and that's an interesting point too because I know in my past, just speaking for me personally, if someone from another face is like, I'm praying and I'm worshiping my God and I'm going to ask him to intercede, I'd have been like, no, I don't want your God to intercede. I want my God to intercede for me. Like this arrogant, like narcissistic, like buttholery. And I was like, no, I don't need your God. Your God's petty. I want mine. Is my God, if my God is Jehovah the God I say he is, why would that offend me? Mm-hmm. Why would I not? see the beauty in the fact that they are praying to what they understand and that God can still hear their prayer on my behalf, right? The whole intercessory. Like, can is God so tiny? Once again, are we going to put God in a box so much that he can't hear the prayer of someone else? It's not like they're uttering curses at me. Yeah. But that's even the thing. If someone curses me, what do I have to fear? Like, you know, we recite this every single night. It's, I think, Psalm 91. And it is like uh, a thousand may fall dead at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but no bad will happen to you. Like this is in the Bible, like bad can happen all around you, but you're above that. Like God has you. If someone is speaking curses at you, you retaliate with blessing. Like what, why are we so afraid? We get so superstitious of like, oh, you know, I stepped on a crack today. My poor mother oh, someone else of a different faith prayed for me. Their weird God's going to cast evil devil vibes at me. And and I want to talk for a second about this too, going back to that TikTok video. 
you can do anything for Halloween. Just don't do anything spook. Just don't do anything scary because scary's of the devil. I had someone literally say, just don't dress up as anything scary because that's demonic. But dressing up as anything else is okay. My comment, literally, don't we say Satan is like the most beautiful angel? Isn't that kind of like the whole gist of Satan is like he's super beautiful? So what are you saying? Like, don't dress up as anything pretty. Dress up as scary stuff. As a matter of fact, how scary costumes came to be was because originally Halloween is the fall harvest. It is the harvest festival in Ireland where it got started. It was called So In. It is a festival uh, to celebrate, and it is also to believe to be the day where the veil between spiritual and physical are, is the least thin in pagan tradition. All fine and dandy. That's all good. Catholicism took root in Ireland, uh, which is still the pri uh, the predominant religion. If you're from Ireland, you can back me up. When I was in Ireland, I think I saw three Protestant churches. They were only in the north, which is under English rule, but everything in the Republic of Ireland was Catholic. I could not find hardly any, I think I saw two Protestant churches the entire time. And so everything is Catholic there. Catholic came in and they were like, hey, let's figure out how to convert this festival over. And they made it All Saints Day. And so uh, kind of like you were saying, Wicca means wisdom, right? Well, Halloween, it was literally um, Saints Day evening or basically like the day before All Saints Day. And so they took this holiday and the whole thing is you're praying, of course, like thinking for like the saints that came that gave you the wisdom, et cetera, et cetera. I'm not versed in Catholic history, so I'm sure many people could correct me on all the little intricacies. But basically they came in, they made this holiday where uh, people of more pagan practice could convert over easier, which mind you, that's what a lot of Christianity is. Christianity isn't as structured as we make it out to be. It is a much more open religion than we make it out to be. It's not dogmatic. That's the whole point of the dang thing. <sighs> and so the reason we would adorn scary masks, very specific here, scary masks were intentional to scare away demonic spirits, to ward off evil, to ward off evil on the day, on the day that the veil between the spiritual and natural was thinnest. This was a Christian church practice put in place. All the scary stuff around Halloween was brought to place by the Christians. So technically, Halloween is biblical. Halloween is as biblical as <laughs> Christmas and Easter. Actually, I would say Halloween is more biblical than Christmas and Easter because Halloween uh, is dedicated specifically towards spirits, which, you know, that whole idea isn't anti-Christian in the first place. And then the Catholics kind of Christianized it. But then you have Christmas, which was the celebration of the winter solstice. And it had much more pagan traditions with like the pole and the worship and all that. Not to mention uh, the fact that now we have a whole new thing we worship on Christmas because we don't worship Jesus anymore. We worship the mighty dollar and we worship uh, freaking buying things and all of the consumerism and materialism. So we have a whole new idol and Christians lost even more of its meaning. Don't get me wrong. I love Christmas. Christmas is my favorite holiday. But next to Halloween. Yeah. I, I love Christmas a little more than Halloween. Yeah. But anyway, and the whole season. It's a good season. But anyway, so you know, like it has just as much there. And then you can actually go into Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving has a little bit of pagan roots too, you know? Like I know it's that's specifically for the for you know the uh United States, but that has some interesting roots, too, that I talk about in that episode just a little bit. And then you even start getting into uh, 
Easter, and Easter is the most freaking pagan holiday there is that we worship, and it's you know worship. It's the <laughs> sometimes, some but like it's the Easter most bunny. pagan holiday of all. And when I say pagan, I actually mean like kind of more along the lines of like the stuff that Christianity would be completely against. You know, why do we freaking hide eggs at our church? Why do we do Easter bunnies and all that? Well, we're worshiping fertility goddesses. Uh, let's not even talk about the origin of the steeple and what that meant. I think you can kind of start putting two and two together there. But it's it's ripe in there. And Halloween's probably the chillest of all of them. But we bandwagon and attack it because... We are so afraid of what we don't understand. And that is my thing. If Christianity would quit being afraid of what it doesn't understand and pursue what it doesn't understand and welcome and allow God to work through things, it's all about mindset. It is all about mindset. If you come into anything with a God-based mindset, you can bring positivity out of things. All right, guys, rant over. Let us know what you think. Let us know how you feel. Head over there ask to be a part of nomads a safe community for christians to ask unsafe questions we want to hear all of your great halloween and other holiday questions we love you guys we're going to wrap this right on up and we look forward to our conclusion of our october halloween special next week and as always be brave be bold and be reckless we'll talk soon